0: Okay, so we are ready to go. So, Guruji, okay. if there's anything you would like to share to update us with,
1: uh, no, not too much. Everything is uh, normal here, and uh, and uh, I think uh, I think different uh, feelings in the sangha are coming together. So it's nice to see that, and uh, happy for that.
0: Yeah, all of us are very happy for that as well.
1: Yeah. so okay. let's take the questions.
0: Yeah, so we have a, a very um, lively group there in Brighton this morning, and we have three questions from their site. So um, we'll start with Madam Mohan. Okay. Hey, Krishna Guru
2: Maharaj. Hello. Um, so my question, um, I, I've had for a while, but it it may, it may maybe I'll, um I had a sub question, preface question also, um, just because I, I've not had a chance to study uh, Vrindaranya's articles yet. Um, but as I've understood it, there's there's a, a permanent form of liberation in Sayja Mukti, um, and even Prabhupada's, Prabhupada's um to the Gita four eleven, it implies that there are some who are permanently liberated. So I guess as the sub the preface question, is whether that's the case that there are some who aspire for permanent liberation in this form and achieve it. But my main question though is, is that, as I've understood it, the, w- the w- way to achieve that liberation, one requires an intense desire for mukti, but also requires an influence of bhakti, bhakti needs to be there. Um, so it makes me think of uh, Dhruva Maharaj, that he, he has an intense desire for what was essentially karma uh, in the form of a kingdom, but because of the power of bhakti, he achieved more than that and became purified of that desire for karma. so it is insignificant and so on. So, so why is it that when someone has an intense desire for mukti and because they need bhakti to achieve that also, that the influence of bhakti is not more powerful than the desire for mukti, that they become purified of that desire for mukti, if you will, and pursue bhakti mm-hmm. in, in a similar way that Dhruva Maharaj eventually did.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, with regarding uh, Sayujamukti, um, um, and the whether, in your question, whether it's a permanent state that would be, you know, the, the destination of some particular jivas to merge into sayuja for example are to emerge into brahman rather than to attain by and and uh, bhaktivinoda's perspective on this uh, seems to, uh, to mirror that of sanatana goswami bhaktivinoda's position is that those who attain sayuja Mukti, desiring such
3: hmm,
1: attain a form of liberation in which the sarup shakti of bhagavan is not manifest so there's no soup shakti is not manifest in brahman therefore it's undifferentiated it's qualityless it's formless what gives form shape variegatedness and so forth to vaikuntha is the extent to which the surup shakti is manifest so when we go from even vaikuntha to go we find the surup shakti seems to be even more prominent and as i've said sometimes in Goloka, you know, Krishna doesn't even have time to sleep. He's so busy answering, if you will, to the love of his devotees, which is the manifestation of his Shakti, That he is the form of the love that corresponds with uh, with with their type of intimate love, that as I say, keeps him moving up at night. Um, so, going from Vaikuntha or Goloka to Vaikuntha and into Brahman, well, these um, there, the Surukshakti is not manifest, so there's no, there's no real experience there. There's no other. Hmm, there, there, it's a restful kind of condition. Sometimes it's compared to deep sleep or shushupti, which is the macrocosmic deep sleep, if you will. Shushupti means dreamless sleep. So sometimes we experience deep dreamless sleep at night, and we get a good rest, and um, we wake up and say, "Oh, I I rested really well." Hmm. Um, Charis from the past have said, well, you must have been there, even though you had no thoughts, no dreams, and no waking experience of physical movement. You must have been there because you you, 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 you remember. Hmm? And you can't remember something you didn't experience. So you were experiencing contentless consciousness. Hmm? There's no content to it. It's just restful, peaceful. Peaceful. Hmm? So this is the microcosmic experience that we have you know every time we go into dreamless sleep the implication is what again that the waking state is unmanifest the thinking state dreams is unmanifest but i still exist so i exist independently of thought and action in this world and now, if we take the microcosmic experience of deep sleep, we take it to the macrocosm, we call that susupti. Mm-hmm. When the whole world winds up back into Vishnu and all the jivas from a heterogeneous condition um, brought about by karmic differences, mm-hmm, moves into a into a homogeneous type of state. Within, the Mahavishnu, that's called susupti. It's a, it's like dreamless sleep on a macrocosmic scale. Now, this and the microcosmic scale are used hmm, to speak about often the nature of brahman, which is obviously obviously beyond susupti. Brahman is like susupti, but the difference is that in susupti the karma is, is suspended. Hmm, and when it's time it comes again, it manifests and the world again manifests, the jivas come out according to their karma and so forth. But more or less, the 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 the, the state of Susupti is analogous to Brahman, the difference being that entering the Brahmasulja, the karma is gone. So there's no coming back to the material world because there's no karma that's waiting to arrest you and manifest. In due course, and there's nothing to do there. <laughs> there's no action. There's, there's nothing that you karma that you could commit. So you're kind of in a suspended state of animation, no suffering. Hmm? The uh, it's kind of the bliss of of uh, existing, hmm? but there's almost not even the experience of existing. Hmm? Almost, <laughs> it's deep sleep, so to speak. So, in, in that condition, because the sarup shakti is not manifest, there's no variety and there's no agency on the part of the jiva that's manifest, which is an inherent quality of the jiva. It's a doer, Kartritva. There's no, there's no, there's really no bliss. The, 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 the ananda of the jiva, which requires shakti. To manifest, hmm? just like doing something requires Shakti for it to manifest. So, these certain qualities of the Jiva its bliss, hmm? its capacity to be a a qualitative experiencer, hmm? its capacity to be a doer, for example, these are inherent qualities of the Jiva. They're not manifest because it requires Shakti for them to be manifest. In the material world, they're manifest by the agency of the Maya Shakti. In liberation, beyond Brahma Sayuja, are manifest those inherent qualities of the Jiva by the Sarup Shakti. Now, subtle point here is, of course, if these are inherent qualities of the Jiva itself, uncovered by Maya, then Srub Shakti in some capacity must be present in the jiva also, because mm-hmm. those qualities can't be manifest without Srub Shakti. So, but to your question, subtle point there, important one. Uh, Bhakti Vinod's position is that attaining Soja Mukti is a type of Mukti, so there's no return from there. Mm-hmm. But it's it's an indistinct. I think he uses the term indistinct um, realization of the nature of the self, which is, in his perspective, to be a servant of Bhagwan. That's what it is. It exists for that purpose. That's its nature. That's its inherent nature, to be a servant of Bhagwan. And in that condition, well, it's kind of, like I say it's 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 a uh, animation is is suspended so the full nature of the jiva is not manifest there now what Sanatana Goswami has said is in I uh, three or four different places in Bhagavatamrita. um he cites he cites the Vedanta Sutra um in a couple of places um where else, I can't recall all the, all, of, all of those, I was just looking at it the other day, but I can't recall all the different texts that he cites, it was two or three, um, that from Brahma um, one can progress, it's possible, by God's mercy, to a condition of servitude in Vaikuntha. The implication from Bhakti Vinod's perspective is, at that time, the full nature of the jiva is manifest now does that answer your first question right i think so i think i addressed it and um the second question um i think that well in order to attain brahma sayuja yes you need bhakti to in order in order to attain any form of liberation you need bhakti and the inherent qualities of the jiva, which is inherently a liberated entity, right? The jiva is inherently not material; it is spiritual. Mm-hmm. So, for it to to um, realize its full nature, well, and be what it is, it has to have bhakti to be what it is. Otherwise, its qualities won't be all of its qualities won't, won't be manifest. If those qualities are actually inherent in the jiva. Mm-hmm. There must be some bhakti in the jiva for them to be manifest. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, with regard to entering into um, uh, Sayuja Mukti and the the necessity of bhakti, mm -hmm. I think that uh, Vishwanath Chakritakwada invokes the term sattviki Bhakti. sattva guna gives us knowledge of the self. mm -hmm. So called jivanmuktas, muktas, which uh, is really a term coming from Shankar, that the Gaudias don't uh, agree with him on. Mm-hmm. Um, a jivan mukta means supposed to mean someone who's liberated in this life, but he has to still have to rub the karma, so he has to still have satvaguna in at least mm-hmm, covering him or her. Mm-hmm. So he's not really liberate oh, the Gaudi idea of, of Jivanmukta is one who's fully engaged in the sadhika daya, in all respects, body, mind, words, intelligence, in Krishna service is a Jivanmukta, is liberated even in this life. But otherwise, um, um, the jnani, so-called Jivanmukta, is covered by prarabdha Karma. Um, so, in order for him to attain what we call the day of Mukti, to enter in this case in the Brahma Sayuja, then he needs um, some Bhakti, right. But, Jiva goes, but Rupa Goswami, excuse me, Vishnu Chakritakur used the term Satviki Bhakti, which means sattvaguna, which can give knowledge of the self, hmm, gets empowered by Bhakti, sattviki Bhakti, hmm, to do something that unto itself it cannot. So a little bit of bhakti factored in with gyan being prominent and bhakti being secondary can afford one entrance into sayurja Mukti. Um, why doesn't that bhakti take over? Because it's only a form of sattiki bhakti and it's not he or she, that the, the sadhaka, is not prominently engaged in bhakti. Now, um, if you take And of course, you're implying this as well in your question is something I said that the desire for mukti has to be very strong. It's gonna be stronger than any material desire. All material desires have to be retired and replaced, if you will, by the desire for mukti, mukshatva, that such an intense desire for mukti retires all other material desires. So material desires are easier to do away with than a desire for mukti. Hmm. It's stronger than all material desires. Together, it has retired all of those desires. Now you've got to retire that desire. Oh goodness! But to desire a material desire to be a king, or a desire to be this or that, or to be a guru, whatever your material desires are, uh, to be a, you know a, a, a big a big a brahma, a big devotee, um, um, or just you know ordinary material desire. In case, he wanted the kingdom. That's a small thing, uh, and easy to retire. And also, his bhakti was more prominent than you're going to find in, I would say, most cases where someone is trying to attain sayujamukti. So it's easier to, again, it's easier to retire material desires than it is to desire a. very intense desire for mukti and it could be and we'd have incidences incidences of that where for example sukadeva the bhakti was more prominent and um, as a result his desire for let's say merging with brahman from the suja was retired so you know every case is not the same you have to measure and see what is the, someone may have a little influence of bhakti them. maybe just respects bhakti uh, even that might be enough hmm, to attain a, a, a incomplete form of liberation let's say hmm, in, in, in which the self and it's um, it's uh, its destiny is not fully manifest hmm, but it's the removal of all the um, material influence it's twofold in a section that I, in his Dasamula. he's speaking about this, this is a section I'm quoting he's explaining the famous Bhagavatam verse mukti what is mukti mm-hmm. it's the liberation it's the removal of the negative and there's a positive so he speaks about Brahma as removal of the negative but the full positive prospect of the jiva has not been uh fulfilled its inherent bliss even has not been fully uh fully manifest does that help
2: wonderful thank you very much.
1: okay good
0: Sujan has a follow-up question
4: okay um in regard to what you just shared, um, um, I was—I have a twofold. It's actually a twofold question. Uh, the first part is, it—it it feels or seems, from what you just shared, that well, you did—you uh, did say that um, after all material desires have been retired then um, the desire for mukti also needs to be retired. Did, did I hear that correctly or no?
1: No, what, what I was, yes, but what, what I was saying was that all material desires need to be retired to attain mukti. If we want to attain Goloka Vrindavan, for example, ah, the desire for mukti has to be retired.
4: Ah, okay, that's what so, I was let's let's,
1: let's let's say I meet someone in the everyday world and they have material <laughs> desires, I try to tell them about Krishna and, and, and enlighten them. Okay, that's easy, comparatively. If I meet some gani who's absorbed in just trying to attain impersonal Brahman, it's going to be harder for me to con- convince him and retire his desire for, for Mukti mm-hmm. and replace it with a desire for, um, for Bhakti. Okay, so it's...
4: I guess that's, that brings in the second part of the question, is that um, it would seem that if the desire for mukti is prominent or foremost of all other desires, then there's no place in Krishna's lila for such a person. Uh, would that include Dwarka as well, etc.? or would one would one be consigned to Vaikuntha, Let's say if that was the case. What I'm just kind of doing the best I can here uh, with uh, images.
1: Well, obviously there are different forms of mukti, and uh, all the sampradayas, the Vaishnava sampradayas, have mukti as the goal, except for the Gaudiya sampradaya, which says prem is the goal,
5: mm. um,
1: which uh, in which mukti is is included. Mm. And um, and you know that the speciality of the uh, of the of the Sampradaya revealing a, a a penetration into transcendence that's pretty very very peculiar, hmm? a, sure. in which it doesn't even appear that they're 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 liberated. It's it's, it's <laughs> uh, ap- a a right? It's a uh, uh, everybody's attached to their village and their their friends and yeah. family. <laughs> and their son and friend and lover and so forth and they worship ryan at the same time yeah so it's rather uh peculiar but it's an intensification of the frame if you will that we find even in um in vaikuntha so there are those in vaikuntha who desire praying there are those in vaikuntha who desire vaikuntha Hmm? Mm -hmm. and the, the the opulences of vaikuntha and um And then there are those that um, um, whose praying is centered on Govinda and that's a peculiar and and different uh, and to be differentiated from even those in Vaikuntha who desire praying but accept the perks of Vaikuntha that others desire and can attain, like living on the same planet with God. Having the same opulences of God, having a form like God's and so mm-hmm. forth. They may accept those things, those who desire only praying for Narayan mm, in the context mm-hmm. of service. There are others who'd actually desire those things and, and attain that type of mukti and serve Bhagawan from that perspective. But the devotees of Goloka, they don't desire to live in Vaikuntha on the planet of God. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they they do, <laughs> they worship Narayan. In Gula, but, they, but they don't they don't desire to have a form like Krishna's I mean their forms are similar especially the coward friends of Krishna but it's not that idea is not really being applied there um, same opulences. they actually have the same opulences. any coward boy could have easily killed any, any of the demons that Krishna killed that's a fact but but Krishna's done it, said that said by the arrangement of his 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 um, his uh, shakti, such so that his heroic um, quality, which is which is an in, 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 in udipana for sakirasa, will manifest. So, that help?
4: Uh, yes, as a matter of fact. You know, based on what you just shared, um, you know, if if any of the coward boys could have uh, killed any of the demons just as Krishna did, so if we take the example uh, of Sarshti Mukti um, having this having similar powers as God, right? With but here that that's what you just described about the coward boys. That's just what I was saying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, is that is let's see, is that possible or available also like um, in the Vaikuntha planets where Krishna is is present? Like Dwarka is Dwarka. Okay, is part that that of Dvarka.
1: Goloka. Dwarka is part okay. of Goloka. So there's three div- basic divisions of Goloka. There's there's Dwarka, there's Mathura. And then there's um, Vrindavan. And Krishna is perfect in Dwarka, more perfect in Mathura, most perfect in Vrindavan. So that's all Goloka yes. Vrindavan, where Krishna is the object of worship um, and center. Um, so, but, but uh, of, the, of the love of the devotees. Um, but yeah, I guess what, what I'm saying is that, you know, yeah, there's a semblance of will or a, of a unique form, you could say of Sharsti in, Mukti in Goloka or, or Salokya, they're living on the planet of God, I mean, Krishna is God, but it's the different yes. experience, it's a different experience, they're not experiencing, I have the powers of God, the coward boys aren't thinking, I have the powers of God, What a, what, a, what a blessing, or I'm living on the planet of God, that's not the way it's experienced.
4: Okay. And the only reason I asked that last question was because it seems as if whenever the the, the subject of uh, one of the other four types of ration besides Sayuja is brought up, immediately the conversation uh, moves away from Krishna over to Narayan like that. So that's why I asked that last question. If, if such if such um, uh, life was possible with Krishna, rather than merely with Narayan. As, not that that's a, a small thing, but you know, you understand.
2: Yeah.
1: And you understand my answer, right?
4: Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you so much.
1: OK. Hare Krishna. Next.
4: OK, back to Brighton.
0: Uh Next Shirada
2: Shri
1: Oh. yes
6: Hare Krishna Tuparari, thank you for your presence here we're all so happy and joyful
2: Good. <laughs> <laughs>
6: what I wanted to ask you was um, how do we really know the true nature of ourselves
2: I mean I know I'm a
6: spark of the supreme spark but how do I know how do I know how to Serve and love Krishna and serve and love the devotees. What is my true nature? I, I wouldn't know. I mean, when I look back on my past, I did a lot of things that wasn't my true nature. And, I, mm-hmm. and it was very empty inside and unfulfilled. Now I feel fulfilled now. But at the same time, what is my true nature? What, what, what does that really mean, even?
1: Well, I think that the answer in a basic sense is given to us. In that, the, uh, all of us, hmm, despite our karmic differences and dispositions and, and um, what we make of ourselves in this world as to who we are, and what, what is our nature, and so on, that, that is all um, external, if you will. And above and beyond that, um, we are all servants of Bhagwan, we exist for that purpose. Mm-hmm. So, there's a basic um, divide and difference in a very broad sense between our reality and our illusion. And, and it could be summed up or illustrated through the two words service and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So, in the material world, we see ourselves as the enjoyers of the through our senses of the objects of senses Mm -hmm. and as if even unconsciously we conduct we conduct ourselves as if even unconsciously as if we're the center things are centered around us Mm -hmm. we see things how they will be utilized for our purpose for our pleasure um and our sense of "I" is derived from our, you know, material uh, conditioning, mm-hmm. our psycho biological you know, sense of self. Right. Now, actually, we're not the center, and everything is not for our enjoyment. So, uh, we, we, as we move along in that direction we foster this uh, false enjoying identity. Bhakti Siddhanta said that humility is absence of the enjoying spirit. Mm -hmm. The enjoying spirit. Pujapadshita Maharaj used to explain the enjoying spirit as exploitative. We're exploiting the objective world, if you will, for our sense of purpose, mm -hmm, which is derived from our investment in, in the objective world rather than drawing back into ourself. Mm-hmm. So if humility is the absence of the enjoying spirit, what, how would that manifest? Absence of the enjoying spirit in the most comprehensive sense will manifest in the form of a serving spirit, which is the diametrically opposed, posed to the enjoying. I'm the enjoyer, I'm the servant. It's one thing to say, I'm gonna stop enjoying or I'm gonna stop taking. Now, taking is not loving, right? Loving is giving. I could stop taking, but to comprehensively stop taking, and continue to do something and be something, well, what will I do? I will serve. Hmm? So there's a beautiful statement by Uddhava in the Bhagavatam. He says, How, my renunciation is to wear the vestments of Krishna, the hand-me-downs of Krishna. Now, Krishna is the prince in Dwarka. So we can imagine he's, he's dressed pretty nicely. Hmm? Uh, in, in Vrindavan, of course, he's most beautiful. It's just a coward boy, but he mostly just wears an upper shutter and it's and, and dhoti and has a rustic appearance, decorated with the gunjamala, the leaves from the, from the forest and, and the minerals, uh, uh, decorating himself and others decorating and so forth. But in Dwarka, he's in a prince delila. So the hand-me-downs, if you will, of Krishna are going to be very um, royal, regal. Now, someone wearing—how can someone say wearing a regal, fancy, Dan, you know, attirement? You know, is a is an expression of renunciation. It looks the complete opposite. Hmm? But what Udav is saying is, my that I I am only living as a servant of Bhagawan. He's maintaining me, I will only dress myself with whatever he discards, hmm? that's my mood. I'm his servant only. Hmm? If he gives me something to wear, I'll, I'll wear something. He me his, so his, his um, renunciation, if you will, takes a very beautiful and ex- extraordinary form. And what he's saying there is that service, the service attitude, is more difficult to embrace than merely giving up the taking. you were talking about gyanis, maybe you want to attain mukti. They agree I shouldn't exploit the world, but I just want to sit peacefully and not exploit the world. guys, I've been running around in the world for so long in circles, I'm tired of it. I want to sit here and I'll, I'll agree to not exploit it as long as I can have peace, shanti, 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 eternally. New boxes are coming along, telling me to get up and, and milk a cow, you know, and then clean up after the cow, and then milk her again at night, clean up after again at night. It never ends, hmm? and and you got this deity of Bhagawan, and, and he just like it, it never ends either. The more you serve him, the more the closer you get to him, the more he wants, and and, and then you got no time for yourself. Hmm? So that accepting the service is a much more comprehensive expression of overcoming the enjoying spirit. So the divide between the material life and the spiritual life is the divide between the enjoying spirit and the serving spirit. And so in a generic broad sense, what we are ultimately is servants of Bhagawan. Now there are particulars to that, of course, that Bhakti Notako explains that will arise in due course. When we hear the leelas of Bhagawan, when we hear uh, in, in, uh, explanations of the teaching and so forth, of the bhagavat good association and so forth, gradually over a period of time, some scars for bhakti will develop within us, and they will result in the experience that we're choosing something that, in his perspective, is 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 waiting to manifest. Tanda prem hmm? It's His prem is waiting to waiting to manifest. Um, it's it's in an unmanifest condition. And the new course with the ingress of bhakti, it will manifest. This is his teaching. So you give that some time and check in with me later and say, Guru Maharaj, uh, Swami Maharaj, Tripurari Maharaj, my friend. I've been I've been <laughs> I've been hearing the Bhagavatam and I've been reading this section and I I I, I really like it. I'm attracted to this. This this these type of leelas, hmm? am I am I am, am I on course here? And then we'll analyze them. What we we'll say, what what does that mean? What do you think that means? What what how much do you understand the Tattva that underlies that? And if we see, oh, she has some understanding, then we may uh, give confirmation. We find Bhakti Bhonotak. We're doing this. The two disciples, they come and they've been. They're well studied. You can see it at that time. Hmm? Um, and how the Bhagavad Lila narrative is affecting them, Gurudev asks and they they express it and then he gives confirmation. That's in a more specific sense. But I think that, you know, in a broader sense, we have most of the devotees, 99.9% of them have a long way to go, even to get to that stage. So it's better perhaps to emphasize that service, dasyat service hmm, over... Um, over oh, oh, bhakti which means service over bhukti and over mukti mukti means exploiting the world i want the world see i want the world for myself i realize i can't have it okay but i could be god <laughs> and merge with brahman identified with brahman so that's pretty attractive. So, okay, I'll give up the give up the world. I'll stop exploiting the world. And how did say? One thing to exploit the world. well, the world is the center in either case. I either want to take it or I want to get away from it. That's bhukti and mukti. In Bhakti, the world is not the center; Krishna is the center.
2: Hmm?
1: If it's nec- if it's necessary to give up something for Krishna's service, no problem. If it's necessary to accept something for Krishna service, no problem. It's a, so anyway, does that help?
6: Very much. I just know, know that um, when I do give, I have to be careful that I'm serving Krishna and not doing it for my own need to have praise and be. Yes, that's the kind of
1: interest. That's the, that's that's the, kind, of that's the kind of important kind of introspection that a devotee has to have. One has to catch oneself whenever one, even in the most subtle way, if that motive is 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 involved and affecting, we have to dismiss it because it's just like the stool of a pig. Yeah. yeah. and pigs yeah. eat stool. So I mean, what their stool must be is pretty bad uh, from our perspective. So that this is very, very unbecoming for, for devotees. We have to just dispense with that. It's very good. So you're doing that, so that's, that's very good.
6: Thank you. Thank you okay. so much. Hare Krishna.
0: Can, can I ask a follow-up question just about yeah. the sarup being? Um, so now we're kind of looking at the Sarut from Bhakti Vinodakura's perspective as being a that it's predetermined that the sarup would be there as a predetermined fact that you're a mandri or you're a cowboy.
1: That's what he says, as an unmanifest reality. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so even if you have a particular um, influence coming through you, coming in your environment that won't change the fact that you're destined to a particular
4: process such as
1: you mean sadhusanga? Mhm. yeah uh you will need and and an, an, an a considerable amount of association um along the same lines for it to manifest but despite the fact that you might have association to the contrary it won't, and we see that in the example of Balabha, for example, the brother of Svanth and Rupa said they stayed up all night trying to convince him of the, the the superiority, if you will, relatively speaking, of the worship of Radha and Krishna rather than Sita Ram. He agreed with them that well, you know, philosophically you're making good points, but he couldn't he couldn't sleep all night, and he couldn't give up his his um, um, sentiment for Ram Bhakti. And when Mahaprabhu heard this, he was, he celebrated that, glorious is the Lord who won't give up his devotee. He said, and glorious is the Lord, is the Lord. A devotee who won't give up his Lord. So, then there are, are you know any number of examples like that. And Bhakti gives the example, disciples of the same guru, um, one developing affinity for Sakhyaras, another for Rasa. and then eventually they were. Um, well, they were it became associated with Sikhs or gurus um, whose uh, orientation corresponded with theirs. I mean, the story of um, of one of them in that regard is given. The implications: the other one did the same.
4: Hmm. Does that help? Mm-hmm.
0: Very much. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Back to Brighton, uh, Sugi Krishna.
1: Suki, Suki yeah, I can't hear you now, Brighton. Now I can.
5: Thank you very nice uh, nice to see you again. Um, so um, in, in your lectures, I've heard uh, many times you give this example about the uh, Three different types of gurus the one with two feet in the spiritual world but gazing down uh, into the material world one with one foot in the material world one foot in the spiritual world one with two feet in the spiritual uh, what well, two feet in the material world but gazing at the spiritual world um so i guess I, i'm just something i'm trying to give a lot of thought to at this point uh i, I think like conventionally i've heard um the sort of things explained in a way of sort of in terms of you know gurus in, in a kanishtha or madhyam or Uttam. so i'm wondering if this is compatible with that is it correlating to that explanation and and then i think that the real thing is that like i feel that there's uh, i'm looking for some additional insight to to that way of explaining
1: huh? this. yeah that,
5: that makes sense
1: yes thank you now um, it wouldn't correspond with kanishta madhyam and uttam but to elaborate on kanishta madhyam and uttam as we have in the past of course the idea has been given by that uh, there is the kanishta kanishta the madhyam kanishta the uttam kanishta there is the kanishta madhyam the madhyam madhyam the uttam madhyam there's the kanishta Utum, the madhyam Utum. The utum, utum, and utum, 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 utum. You know, so, so the, the point being here, oh, uh, uh, this was published in, uh, I think, the Harmonist many years ago after Bhakti Scott disappeared. It's kind of, you know, making it clear that there's a lot of gray here hmm, in this in the spectrum. Um, so these are, you know, when we say ganishtha madhyam utum, they're broader ideas, but, um, but at any rate. To um, this, the, the description of the three types of gurus, this is more or less a poetic description given by Pujapati Shvita Marsh.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, for, I believe that they correspond with what Jiva Goswami has written in Bhakti Sandarbha. I believe it's the Bhakti Sandarbha, where he talks, talks about three types of Mahabhagavatas. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Nirduta uh, Chai Kashai Muchta Kashai, I believe it is, Bhagavad Prap Deha. I believe these are the terms that he uses. And he gives examples of them. Mm-hmm. So the first example is Narada Muni. Mm-hmm. This is this this would correspond with the guru who has two feet here, but his eyes are there. Mm-hmm. Always there. Nardamuni left. He heard from the Mahabhagavatas who stayed in his home for four months during the rainy season. After they left, his mother died. So he burned the house. That was the funeral pyre and followed the, the teachings of the Mahabhagvats, one of their emphasis, of which, of which was this world is temporary. You can't count on anything. He, he saw it happen. My mother died. So he just took it to heart. And he became a wandering mendicant, right? And ultimately, he went through towns and villages and he ended in the forest. There he was living in the forest. And following the directive, directive of the, the Bhagavad he was engaging in Bhakti. And Bhagavan appeared to him. He had the vision of Bhagavan, the darshan of Bhagavan for a moment. And Bhagavan spoke to him and told him that I've shown myself to you just to confirm you know, in certain terms, that you're not. you what you're worshipping is not a It's some imaginary, it's a figment of your imagination. I exist, and then disappeared, hmm? to, causing a separation, which drove Narada to another stage hmm? altogether, in which Bhagawan appeared to him, gave him a vina, and gave him a name. Hmm? This is who you are. This is the bliss of yourself fully manifest your nārāda. Hmm. Here's your vena, so on and so forth, right? Hmm. So nārāda is an example of the first type, two feet here, eyes there in the forest, and nārāda is example of the last type, Prapta Deha. He's in this world in a spiritual body. You're not going to find too many gurus like that. <laughs> In in Aprakat Lila, you will find persons in spiritual bodies in this world. Hmm. I suppose you could say in in in, in but uh, um, that that's pretty extraordinary, right? Hmm. To be moving in it, especially if the spiritual body is at a gopa or a gopi. So anyway, Bhagwat propped a on the one end, both feet there, extending one foot here. Sri way of putting it. Right. Mm-hmm. The other end of the spectrum, both feet here, eyes are always there. Mm-hmm. Another way to talk about that type of guru is in mm-hmm. Therefore, Puji said used to say, in one is safe, because nadanam nadanam kabritam kavitamba. In Nishta, one is engaged in bhakti so intensely. Hmm. That the seeds of material desire that still remain aren't able to manifest. Just like if you pour water constantly on a seed, well, it's going to get waterlogged. It's not going to manifest, but the seeds are there. In Ruchi, the seeds are gone. Hmm. And the desire is only for, for bhakti. The desire for mukti is entirely total, totally retired. Birth after birth, it makes no difference. I just want to do bhakti. Bhakti Vinod Thakur, in his Bhakti Tatva Vivek, he says, Shuddha bhakti, pure, pure bhakti, means ruchi. This is in higher stages of sadhana bhakti. Hmm? put Maharaj can say in ruchi, he's safe. Then he can, she can, his implications. he could be, he can do the work of the guru. Has hmm? positive, Shreya Kairava Chandrika Bhattan. Something has come from that side, hmm? in, in, in a specific desire, hmm? Not just a thought out desire, but if, but actually it's coming from the heart desire. For Bhakti, in a particular way, as he advances from Ruchi to Asakti, the object of that taste will appear. Krishna will appear in, be attached to that form of Bhagawan that corresponds with the, the, the specific taste for Bhakti that has developed, awakened in the heart. So, in that stage, well, you're not even looking at other things that have some attraction to you and avoiding them. You could call that nishta. Hmm? Some faint attraction, especially attraction for patista, uh, subtle subtle things. Hmm? In, in 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 ruchi bhakti this just doesn't <laughs> it's, it's not an issue hmm? so in that sense the eyes are fully there hmm? right feet are still on the ground and sound about to be, eyes are fully there so that's another way of speaking about let's say the example of nar that i gave first so we got anyway two ends of the spectrum right hmm? one has two feet here eyes are always there Just like if you're always going west, you're not at the sun, but you're always in the sun. If you're always moving at a a, a fast enough trajectory westward, you will always be in the sun. That person can help us substantially in this world. Others can help us too in so many ways, even in the context of bhakti. A drunk person can help us even in the context of bhakti. If he's a devotee that got off course, we met him in the bar, in his drunken state, he told us about Krishna. We might become a better devotee than he is, and come back and tell him to get out of the bar. So, people can help us at different levels, but I'm talking about on the level of the guru, hmm? right? So, two feet here, eyes there.
2: Hmm?
1: Other end of the spectrum, two feet there extends one foot here. That's very extraordinary, right? that comes here. In between one, which is one foot there and one foot here, Jiva Goswami gave the example of Sivadeva Goswami. In other words, he retired material desires and he was cultivating bhakti over the other side. So, this is the technical example or uh, explanation and examples given by Jiva Goswami that I believe correspond. With what uh, Pujipachitamar was speaking about. G- it should be noted that Jiva Goswami doesn't say three types of gurus, he says three types of Mahabhagatas. But you know, Guru Pujipachitamar said three types of gurus. He applied it in that way. So it comes from him, but I think it corresponds with, with uh, Bhakti Does that help?
5: Yes, thank you very much. Yes.
1: Okay, thank you for asking. Much appreciated. Okay.
0: We have Krishna
3: Das. You have your question. Next. Uh, Dandavats, uh, good morning, Guru Maharaj. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Um, my question is regarding um, in the first verse of the Shikshastakam. Uh, there's a phrase uh, in reference to Sri Krishna Sankirtan, this phrase being, um, it swells the sea of blessedness gives the full taste of deathless nectar at every step. I I was wondering if you could clarify the meaning of that particular part of the verse because I was a bit confused uh, being that I thought that as one progresses in sadhana and practice that uh, I I guess like in early stages, it wouldn't be expected that one would have the full taste of uh, deathless nectar at every step from engaging in sankirtan that I thought it was more of a, a gradual thing. Um, and I, I guess in relation to that, this, uh, I remember hearing once, I think from you that the different verses of the come correspond to different stages um, in Bhakti, such as like Nishtha, Ruchi and so on. Uh, and that the first verse is kind of referencing a lot of, it, it kind of corresponds to the initial stage. So I guess I was wondering if you could uh, speak on this a bit. Yeah, no, you misunderstood,
1: and, and, and I think you might have read it, but you need to read it again. My commentary on Chikshastikum. So the first verse of Shikshastikam, Ceto darpanam mm-hmm. arjanam, Baba Mahadevagini nirvapanam, Shreya kairab chandrika Vataranam, Vidya Jivanam, Anandam budi vardanam, Pratiparam punasmitas swadanam, Sabatmas Krishna sankirtanam. This verse, as I have uh, explained it, and I believe Bhakti Knodansu as well, um, is a verse that in which all of the stages of development from initial faith to praying are summarized. And then if you take out Chetadarpa marginum, which is the first stage, well, that, that applies to Shraddha, Sarisanga, um, you know, um, and so the Bhavamaha uh, Devagani. So the different stages are all mentioned in there. So, the, so yes. Well, you what you'll experience first in Sankirtan is not um, taste t- of the deathless nectar at every moment. <laughs> You, you might um, um, I mean, and it, you, you might feel tired from going out and chanting all day on the street <laughs> more than t- t- tasting the' des- the, des- the nectar. but, um, but you you're instead of weeping in ecstasy, you are um, perspiring, and make some, making some effort with the insight, with the knowledge, with the understanding that the Nam-kirtan has great efficacy with regard to the very formidable task of cleansing the heart. It's a very formidable task because we have impressions, material impressions, some scars for thousands and millions of lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we need a powerful means to um, dispose of those, and the powerful means of Nam is such that going back to uh, Radha Devadasi's earlier question, well, um, it not only does away with the negative Nam, but it's, it cleanses the heart and then begins to decorate it as well with the positive sentiment. So those that comes later on. I've given an example before. If you're an interior, you hire an interior, interior decorator to decorate your house, they come and say, throw that away, throw that away throw that away, and and you go, wait a minute, (laughs) I like that, you know, no, that's the problem, throw that out, that's the problem that you like that. Get rid of all that,
3: now we will start to decorate.
1: Mm -hmm. So
3: something like that, does that help? Uh, Yes, that that helps a lot, thank you very much. Okay, well, I think we've uh, passed the hour,
1: and so we'll close here. I hope to be with you again next week, appreciate your interest. Questions? Go bhaktivrinda. Jai. Go preman and be.
0: Arivo. Arivo. Thank you so much, Guru Maharaj.
1: Thank you.